This is On Target, a look at politics, crime, education, what's happening in Newfoundland and Labrador with the people who know. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now your On Target host, Linda Swain. Good afternoon, everyone. Well, hard to imagine, but it is May, it's spring, and this is a busy time of year for a lot of people getting ready for the summer season, not the least of which are farmers. And as the war in Ukraine drags on, it's having far-reaching impacts, of course, not only on the people of Ukraine, but on global markets and supply chains. Add to that ongoing difficulties, of course, caused by the pandemic. We already know the impact global demand and reduced supplies had on fuel prices, which is in turn having an impact on operating costs. Well, the pandemic shone a light on supply chain issues and local food security and generated even greater interest in building food security in this province in particular. Well, my guests today are all involved in the local agriculture industry. It's a growing sector of the Newfoundland and Labrador economy. They include Chris Oram of Mark's Market in Wooddale. Hello, Chris. Hello, Linda. Nancy Lester of Lester's Dairy Farm is a sort of um, a, a regular host, <laughs> co-host here on On Target. She's also <laughs> treasurer of the Newfoundland and Labrador Young Farmers Forum. Hello, Nancy. Hi, Linda. Thanks for having me. Thanks for for joining us again. And Darren Dinsmore of Aldercroft Farm, and he also happens to be the Labrador representative of the Newfoundland and Labrador Young Farmers Forum. Hi, Darren. Hello. Well, Darren, I'm a little excited to have you on the show. I'm excited to have you all on the show, but I'm excited to have you on the show because we don't talk about agriculture in Labrador very often. So I'm going to start with you. No pressure. Okay. <laughs> what is Aldercroft Farm and uh, where is it and, and what do you do? Yeah, so we are a, a beef farm here in central Labrador and we are working on establishing uh, an operational beef farm here in Labrador. Well, that's fantastic. How did you get involved in that? Well, I had a, a farming background, and so when we moved here to Labrador, um, just saw the potential and uh, really the need for local food security here in Labrador and something I wanted to contribute to. Are there any other beef operations in Labrador that you're aware of? No, not that I'm aware of. So you're the first. Yeah. How exciting is that? How, how big is your uh, herd? Um, we have about 20 cows right now and uh, always growing and uh, we're really hoping uh, for a bright future. It's uh, pretty exciting to uh, really create a market here for beef in Labrador. Have you already um, sent product to the market or is that something you're developing? That's something we're working on. Uh, currently, we are in a desperate need of an abattoir to process the meat for market. Yeah, because that's a <laughs> that's a whole other uh, side of the industry, of course, and it's important, and you need to know what you're at with those kinds of things. So, um, I, I imagine that would take some cooperation with the provincial government. Absolutely, yes, and uh, I know they're they are excited to see something established here. So we're uh, continuing to work through all the different uh, paperwork and uh, all the process that it's involved with that. So is that something you want to get involved in as well, or, or would you have to rely on someone else to get that side of things going? Uh, no, we're uh, we're planning on opening an abattoir, uh, I hope so, in the near future here on our farm. And uh, since we have uh, have 
you know, the most animals here in Labrador, we would hope to be able to process those animals and, uh, and see that market grow. And so you've got 20 head of cattle right now. What are you hoping, you know, do you have like a, a goal for growth of the herd and that sort of thing? Um, yeah, in the near future, I think it would be, uh, It'd be a good target to have 60, 60 head of cattle um, operating here. And then uh, once we uh, have a, a larger uh, land base to work from, uh, we could move up from there. But that's our goal right now. And would it be to supply purely local markets or would you ship it out as well? Uh, that'd, be, that'd be local markets like here in central Labrador and then as well on the coast of Labrador. So what currently would it take to buy a steak in the local supermarket in in Happy Valley Goose Bay and 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 on the coast separately? Oh, depending on the cut, I mean you could you could uh, get a small steak for 10 10 12 dollars and maybe a T-bone steak for 15 to 20 dollars. Right, and I I would imagine it's much more on the coast. Oh yeah, I mean it's just crazy crazy on the coast especially. Um, just with availability and uh, freshness and whatnot. So would you be able to supply as good a product or better uh, for a, a lesser cost to the consumer, or how would that work? Yeah, right now, just because the, the, the market's so fresh and new here, we wouldn't really be looking to compete with any grocery stores here, but we would just want to uh, be able to produce a quality local product that uh, – is just environmentally responsible. For sure, because that's a big uh, consideration for uh, consumers these days as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, everything is shipped in here to Labrador and nothing is, nothing is local. And I mean, in my point of view, the more, the more livestock operations we can have in Labrador, the uh, greater impact it will have on uh, local inputs such as fertilizer and everything else. Um, for even vegetable gardeners, right? For sure. And I want to talk a little bit about um, um, access to fertilizers and that sort of thing, because, of course, what's happening in Ukraine is is impacting a lot of that kind of thing. When we come back after the break, my guest today, you just heard from Darren Dinsmore of Aldercroft Farm in Labrador. Chris Orham is with Mark's Market in Wooddale. And Nancy Lester is with Lester's Dairy Farm. We'll be back right after this. Join us for On Target, one hour in which Linda Swain examines topics that mean the most to you. On Target. Target, weekday afternoons at 1 on your VOCM. And we all know the impact that uh, rising fuel prices has had on each and every one of us. Uh, If you drive a car, you certainly know. If you drive a pickup, you know even more. And if you drive a diesel vehicle, well, the price of diesel is just astronomical these days. It's uh, closing in, Claudette, I think on $3 a liter in some areas. I stand to be corrected on that because sometimes you have to do the math real quick sticks-like. But um, my guests today are uh, farmers in Newfoundland and Labrador. They include Chris Orm of Mark's market in Woodale. Chris, what kind of an impact are global events having on this season? Uh, It's having a a very scary impact on this season, uh, Linda. Um, We started out um, the two biggest inputs for uh, the spring is fertilizer, seed, and fuel to get your land ready, and all of them have uh, skyrocketed. So tell us first about fertilizer. Why is that going up? Uh, 
the global demand for fertilizer and shortage, uh, along with the war in Russia, this tariffs put on by um, the Canadian government be, uh, because with the uh, stop in Russian importing products, and there's a, a big demand for, for fertilizer. So fertilizer is up uh, over 100% from what it was last year. Oh, my goodness. So how do you factor that into your into your operating costs? It's a question that we're all uh, trying to navigate through. It's um, not like a farmer can cut back on fertilizer because if you, you, you cut back from your fertilizer costs, um, you, your yields are negatively impacted. Um, so it's it, 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 unfortunately we're, we're all going to suffer because of it because the cost of production this time this year is almost double what it was last year. So how much fertilizer, for instance, would you need, and what kind of fertilizer do you need? Uh, we, we use uh, blends working with our um, fertilizer companies to to realize, uh, to you, to see what, what our individual crops need. So uh, it's on recommendations on soil sampling, and um, so we're not putting on too much and using too less. Um, right now, uh, we got to come in uh, from Truro, Nova Scotia, and we're, we're using around 25 ton. And, of course, there's transportation cost on top of that, so not only has the cost of the fertilizer gone up, but transporting it here has gone up as well. Yeah, transporting... Uh, by the ton has gone up about uh, thirty, forty dollars a ton. Plus, you got the fuel surge uh, surcharge was about fifty, fifty-five percent on top of your base rate. Are there any alternatives to the fertilizer you use? Is there anything locally readily available? Uh, not for the volumes that we are using for our crops. There's a lot of micronutrients and um, things like boron and calcium and things that uh, when you're growing vegetables for long-term storage that uh, you really re- really need the commercial um, fertilizer blends for. So it's not just like spreading some sheep manure or whatever. You need some really um, a wide variety of, you know, nutrients, as you say. Yeah. Oh, yes, for sure. And like you say, the diesel part of it, uh, this time of year, the tractors are going um Flat, flat out, and uh, last year it was just under a dollar. This time, and now I think, like you said, it's two eighty. And I just heard on your program that uh, they're predicting a diesel shortage at uh, some point there. On what we were listening to go on, it's entirely possible. <laughs> um, of course, uh, agriculture is labor intensive too. Are any issues there? Uh, always issues there. Um, our profit margins are uh, not the highest around, and it's uh, getting skilled labor to try to uh, come in and stay above uh, a living wage is definitely always a challenge. So are you able to get uh, labor locally, or do you have to bring people in? We're lucky enough yet that we've been able to retain um our workers and be able to keep them locally but every year it's getting harder and harder um nancy i'm sure these are uh, issues you've heard time and time again absolutely it's uh it's like chris said it's it's scary times for sure uh, in your introduction i heard you say about how the agriculture is a growing industry but with what we're facing now i, I fear that it's 
we're going to lose some farms because of this, what's going on with the, with the world today. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, as uh, Chris just mentioned, he said their mar- margins are, are low as it is. is. Is that true? Yes, it's it's on it's on real times. Like we've seen every every expense at the farm level right now has increased at a rate that we've never seen before. So we're just we're just trying to get through these times. And I was talking to Chris earlier, and I said, you know, we want the government and us. We all want to do food sustainability, and we want to increase our food that's able to be grown here by 2025. But the way things are going nowadays. We just have to try to hold our own and just produce what we have. We're not going to be able to do any land renovating. We're not going to be able to do land clearing. It's just not uh, going to be in the books for us this year. We're just going to have to try to get by with with what we're what we have now because of all the increases in prices. You operate a, a modern multi generational dairy farm. What kind of an impact is it having on you? Yeah, I uh, I was actually said to Chris like it almost makes me emotional thinking about it. I'm a sixth generation dairy farmer, and I have two sons that are seven and two, and I actually fear that this might not be an option for them. So it does it's worrisome that like that because you know you're afraid that what are we gonna do? How are we gonna get by? So hopefully something's got to give that you know we'll get a bit of support somewhere to be able to keep going. Uh, when it ter- in terms of fertilizer and and shipping that in and, and finding those markets, because what's happening now in Ukraine is having these widespread impacts on Europe and subsequently North America. Um, mm-hmm. Are there any alternatives? Are there any other supply chains that you can make use of? Well, we do. Like, uh, fortunately, where we do have 600 head of cattle, we have lots of manure here that we can avail of. We'll um, we spread uh, three million gallons of manure on our fields a year. So, but that only covers half of our field. So we still do have to get in fertilizer and uh, to keep our fields growing. So, you know, like Chris said, you can't go without it because, you know, you, right now you don't, if you don't go put it on now, you're going to pay for that in your crop come when we, when you need, we need that to grow. So, you know, you, you, you can't do that. We just, you just, you have to. We're nickel and diming everything, trying to figure out okay what we need to do and, and what we can go and buy and what is. We really got to look at our pen and paper and see what what's most important. You know, there, there's no room for error now. We're we're really at the top of a slippery slope, and if we unfortunately, I fear I fear that some firms are going to go down that slope and we're going to lose the firm. What do you rely on in terms of feed? Is it mostly what you grow? Is it grass? Um, yeah, we, well, here we grow uh, 600 acres of just grass, the silage, but, you know, our, our cows are given corn, soy, and, well, we get our local uh, brewer's grains, but we're using two ton of corn a day. So, I mean, the corn prices, they've gone up, uh, well, just looking at the first, first quarter of last year to now, to produce one liter of milk, they've gone up uh, 10, feeders, 10 cents a liter, sorry. So it's a 10% increase that it's uh, after going up. So it's, you know, it's just, it's, it's really frightening times. And of course, it's not as easy as just saying, okay, well, we'll up the price of our, of our uh, product because you as anyone are, are, are very, uh, you know, aware of the impact that has on consumers as well. Absolutely. Like there was a milk uh, increase there in February, but that only just helped get us by all of last year and the, going through the pandemic. I mean, not to mention what has just happened in the past five months. It's just, it, 
it's unreal. It's something we've never experienced before, just like the global pandemic that all of us have never experienced before. What's going on now with the war and everything? It's uh, it's really uncertain times. Darren, does this all seem very daunting to you? Uh, it does. I mean, it's it's a. I mean, we're taking a you know an already very challenging thing farming is and uh, making it even more challenging. Um, but that said, I mean, sometimes when things like this happen, it, it spurs on ingenuity and creativity, and uh, I, I have hope for the future. Well, that's a good attitude to have, and I know a lot of young farmers do have that attitude. My guests today on On Target are Chris Orham of Mark's Market in Woodale, Nancy Lester of Lester's Dairy Farm in the metro region, and Darren Dinsmore of Aldercroft Farm in Labrador. We'll be back right after this. Take a break. Join us weekdays from 1230 to 1 p.m. as we discuss anything and everything that's happening now. It's all on the table during your VOCM lunch break. There are some pretty big challenges facing the local agriculture industry given, well, events of the last few months. Um, And my guests today are feeling those impacts. And Chris Oram is with Mark's Market in Wooddale. And uh, of course, Chris, Wooddale's grown significantly over the years. are you sowing now? Uh, no, we're actually closed now until July when um, our strawberry season uh, starts. I see. Um, and when would you normally start uh, growing in that region? Uh, we'll st- well, we're out working fields right now, getting everything ready for planting and uh, just hoping for a good stretch of weather to start getting some uh, plants into the ground. Right, because we haven't even talked about weather and weather, the, the changing weather. Um, will you be able to sow as much this year, or, or will you have to scale back because of some of these added costs? Uh, we can't scale back. Uh, we we got to try to move forward. Uh, like Nancy said, it's a scary time. I got a young uh, 16-month-old myself uh, that... Uh, we have to to continue on growing to try try to get a little bigger to support a family. Nancy, Chris mentioned earlier that, uh, or you mentioned earlier, sorry, that uh, you're fearful some operations may not make it. What needs to happen? Uh, I we need some support. I think there needs to be some help or something given. I don't know if it's on a fuel taxes on the fuel or something with the agricultural industry to kind of offset what's going on because it's it's just not going to be feasible unfortunately there have been many calls for um some relief in that uh, in that regard have you made representation to government to tell them the impacts it's having on you um i myself have not i know that um the dfnl the dairy farmers newfoundland labrador have done their research themselves and got some information and um, papers from all the the dairy farms and um, they kind of, they put out a paper just saying what's going on. And the only term that to describe it is frightening. So um, hopefully the government will, will, they've helped us out. They've helped us out all along. So hopefully there'll there'll be something to kind of offset the costs. Any support uh, for agriculture in the recent budget? 
Uh, Chris, have you? What was the recent budget? Do you know? Uh, there wasn't. There wasn't a lot on agriculture there. We do have a good programs uh, with the Canadian Agriculture Partnership and uh, being able to grow grow our industry. But um, hearing from other farms that a lot of people don't have projects in. Uh, because they don't have the extra income to uh, cash flow their projects or grow or they're too scared of what is going to happen this year. Um, so uh, the government needs needs to help us a, a bit more, not only provincially but federally. This is a, a problem right across Canada. I was talking to my friends from Quebec and Ontario. Um, they're feeling it too. Um, but again here it's much worse we got to pay for everything that comes to the island and the fuel prices uh to get it here uh, and fuel prices to operate i think i seen we we have the highest fuel prices in north america right now and, yes, and, too. and we've been talking a lot uh, lately i mean globally about uh reducing carbon emissions and all those kinds of things and reducing uh fuel however i'm not aware of any <laughs> electric tractors or harvesters no, definitely not. I have I have not seen that yet, and it'll be interesting if that does come to uh, to light. But like you said, it's just getting our busy time here now, and we have to. This month of May will be my brother, my dad, and my husband, and our employee will be flat out on the tractors, spreading those all that manure now for this next month, and it's going to be a crunch. It, it really is. It's a. Uh, um, there's no other word to describe it, but it's it's going to be tough. Are they diesel operated? Yes. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. So the cost of doing that this year versus last year is going to be significant. Oh, absolutely. It's doubled. It's doubled, almost tripled. So it's, uh, yeah, it's and and we can't we can't not do it because we can't cut back. We still have the 600 animals we have to feed, so you, you can't do it that way. And you know this is this is like Chris said. We have a we want to be able to grow our farm and keep it going so you want to keep we're trying to stay positive as much as we can and keep keep going forward but it's definitely tough time darren you're just getting off the ground there you have 20 head of cattle how do you uh, care for them how are they fed Oh, we lo it looks like we lost Darren. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. We'll, we'll get him back in during the break. Uh, but I'll, I'll uh, get Darren into the conversation a little later on. Uh, so um, these costs are going to have to be made up somehow. What, what do you anticipate? Are you already thinking about how to make up some of this added cost? Well, I had this conversation actually with uh, our banker this morning. Uh, in agriculture, um, <clears throat> This is not going to only affect us, it's going to affect everyone because the consumer is going to have to pay more because the cost of production has almost doubled. And I know everyone is having tough times right now and stretching their budget, but it it is going to have to be um, some passed on to the consumer. Are the banks supportive of agriculture? Is it uh, easy to get the money you need? Um, we have a bank called uh, Farm Credit Canada that we work with that uh, we we have great um, relationship with and uh, support from. And how do the how are they impacted by uh, global markets? Uh, same thing. I was talking to our um, contact relationship manager there today. He said uh, he's here on phone calls. Same thing. Fertilizers doubled. People are scared. Some people are scaling back. Um, and 
these extra projects that happen usually on farmers year to year that they're looking for extra money to uh, help increase their um, agriculture. People aren't coming looking for them this year because they're too afraid of what's going to happen and just trying to um, stay at bay and keep their head afloat. So. Any idea how long you can ride it out? Uh, it, I guess so. Hopefully weather cooperates with us too this uh, season and everyone has good yields that uh, they'll be able to uh, get some income back. Uh, Nancy, I guess you're not as reliant on weather, although it does have an impact, I'm sure. Um, uh, how long, I mean, you, you're you looking at six generations at this, and you said you were looking at your children the other day and wondering, you know, what's in store for them. But uh, uh, obviously you're going to ride it out as long as you can possibly do so. Are you hopeful that this will be resolved in the next year or so? I am. I, I, I'm a very positive person, so, so I, I am hopeful. But, um, you know, it's, it's, I was just saying to my mom there lunchtime about, you know, where it is times are tough. Hopefully Mother Nature will give us a break and we will get the weather to be able to get our crop off now in June and July in a, in a timely manner. And hopefully our equipment will, you know, be good to us and we won't have higher equipment costs because of things breaking down and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, hopefully we'll get a break on that side of things. It's stuff that's not in our, in our hands, but hopefully someone will help us out that way. And you're not alone. Uh, you have to be in conversation regularly with other uh, operators. Are they saying the same things to you? Oh, for sure. Like everything, like like you said, we bring, well, my dad is able to bring in most of our um, feed source, but sometimes we do have to get it brought in if we're not able to get out to get it. But, I mean, they're feeling the costs of the fuel and everything trying to get here. And, you know, being on an island, it has its pros and cons, but it's it's we're already at a bit of a disadvantage trying to get everything over here but then when your fuel goes and almost triples it's just like oh my gosh how did how do you even get through that right so i mean how do you view you know some of the um i mean the, the changing attitudes towards fuel and fuel costs and the use of fuel and that sort of thing when you're so absolutely reliant on it well we as farmers we're used to to having things not in our control like mother nature so we're able to adjust when we need to so thankfully we have that on our side and we can stay positive and just we have to be a bit more uh sit down with our pen and paper and you know figure out what needs to be done and like i said we likely won't be doing any land clearing this year because it's just not feasible to do so and unfortunately we won't be able to like some of our, our crop is, is an older crop, so it might need to be uh, rejuvenated but uh, renovated, but we're not going to be able to do that this year. We're going to have to just take the, what the, the type of grass that's off it and just make do with it for this year until hopefully the fuel prices will get down to a reasonable uh, amount. So there's some things you can defer comfortably for a little while anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's just, like I said, we, we would like to get your farm more profitable. But at this point, at what we're going on with the world right now, profitability is not going to be there. It's just staying afloat is what we want to do for now. What about building maintenance? Oh, absolutely. We've had everything. 
every, everything, all costs have gone up. Everything from labor, insurance, our gas, the cleaning, sanitizing, chemicals, our machinery, our seeds, everything has gone up. Like, I, I don't think I could tell you <laughs> anything that's gone down. <laughs> but, like, the, consum- the consumer is feeling that as well, right? It's not just farmers. Everybody is feeling how, look, you go to the grocery store, you go to the Walmart, you go anywhere, and you see prices are gone up everywhere. It's, it's tough times for everybody. But hopefully, hopefully we'll we'll get through it all together. Chris, how about uh, you? Anything that you can defer for the time being to help um, mitigate those costs? Uh, for us right now in the spring, um, like Nancy said, probably not going to be able to do the land clearing that we wanted to do this year to incre- increase production because it's just uh, a fuel-consuming uh, thing. To, uh, it just eats the fuel when you're when you're land clearing. So um, right now, it would just I can't run an excavator uh, 12, 14 hours a day clearing land to try to get more land into production. Uh, other than that, we're trying to watch costs uh, costs where we can. But um, like I said to Nancy earlier, um, it's not like um, farmers can put in extra hours um, to offset the cost to to not have no one in on their farm to do it like uh, some other businesses i mean farmers right now uh, i know farmers working 14 16 hours a day so there's actually no more no more uh, daylight in the in the day to to do physically do anymore no indeed it's a it's a vocation it's night and day you're doing it in your sleep so to speak <laughs> um uh, how about uh, building maintenance do you rely very heavily on greenhouses or other storage type uh, buildings uh, yep, uh, we uh, we got greenhouses and that. Uh, maintenance has gone up. Lumber prices, as everyone knows, has skyrocketed in it. Uh, also with the pandemic, so um, luckily for us, we, we we did put up a new storage last year, which is uh, a good saving saving grace for us. And, and we're looking at increasing to have more vegetables um, in storage for the winter. My guests today on On Target are Chris Oram of Mark's Market in Wooddale and Nancy Lester of Lester's Dairy Farm. She's also treasurer of the Newfoundland and Labrador Young Farmers Forum. We'll be back right after this. Saturday morning, join us for the Irish Newfoundland Show. Send your request to irishnl at vocm.com or submit them online at vocm.com. And we're back. We're speaking with um, farmers in Newfoundland and Labrador who are facing, always facing challenges, of course, uh, but usually with great optimism. And uh, there have been some added challenges this year. And I guess um, rather than uh, be a bit of a bummer, and I know you're facing very great difficulties, but there are, uh, as Nancy pointed out, she's a very optimistic person. There's a much greater awareness since the pandemic came down about food security. Chris, are are people supporting local? Are they interested? Interested in local? Oh, definitely. And uh, I would like to say um, we have great support from our community here, uh, not only in the Grand Falls, Windsor area, but even um, Lewisburg, Andrew region uh, that want to come in and buy fresh and local, which uh, the public has supported us. But uh, definitely now more than ever, even asking for more support. And what about the whole issue of cold storage? Because that was a bit of a of a barrier to uh, local farmers for quite some time. Where can I keep, you know, um, what I've been growing for an extended period and extend the season and supply to the various stores and markets and, and so on? How are we doing with cold storage? 
Uh, I think it's uh, an individual firm um, got got to do it, and I think we have increased over the years. I know we we just build a build a new state dart facility, but um, as for other farmers, uh, I've heard a couple more go up. So ho- hopefully, we keep increasing uh, coal storage. And are you you know hope you know fingers crossed everything goes well are you hoping to supply even more uh, to the market is there a greater demand for certain things that you haven't explored yet uh, for cold cold storage crops um, we're, we're pretty limited to the Newfoundland um, traditional ones to keep them on through I mean we can't keep stuff like lettuce and and kale and that but people are doing that hydroponically and being able to grow it here too which is which is great, but uh, we we are looking optimistic to fill uh, voids in the market. Have you expanded your varieties in recent years? Uh, in the last four or five years, uh, we we're growing anything that anyone asks us uh, to grow, but we're we're getting pretty limited to uh, what we can push here in Newfoundland with our climate. Um, so we're 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 basically maxed out on variety. So what's the the um, limitation there? Is it the grow the length of the growing season or the uh, temperatures? Yeah, like we're never going to get a kiwi or a pineapple to grow here in Newfoundland. It's just not going to happen. But um, we've increased our apple orchard. We got over hundred and um, trees in our orchard now, uh, and, and just trying different things like peppers outside and and hopefully in the years come some more greenhouses to be able to extend our season uh, and grow hotter loving crops. Nancy have you noticed a a greater awareness of food security in recent years? Yeah we have and us uh, the dairy farmers in Newfoundland Labrador were that's what we've been focusing on as well is making uh, the consumer realize that all your milk that you're buying here in the province is actually made right here in your province and a lot of consumers didn't realize that so that's what we're focusing more on as an industry to make people aware of because we find that they do want the local and they do want to support us so you know that's a that's a, a great a great plus for on our end for sure and what about milk products? Because it's not just milk, of course, that cows produce. Uh, there's all kinds of wonderful, magical products that I love Absolutely. ever so much. Uh, yogurt and cheese especially. Are, are we doing better in that realm? What we've actually, I sit on the School Milk uh, Foundation and I sit on, sit on the Dairy Farmers Marketing Board. And what we've discovered these past few years is that people are actually eating their milk more so than drinking their milk uh, more these days. So uh, you're they're using your, your like you said your cheese, your yogurts, all that kind of stuff uh, more so than actually sitting down with a drink of milk uh, like the traditional. We also do it in our households because we grew up on a farm and that's what we have with our meals. But we find that your typical Uh, families nowadays are eating your milk products rather than drinking them. And how are we doing supplying that market? Uh, We're doing good. We're, uh, we're, we have lost, I'm sure you've all seen that we've lost the the secondary processing thing, but we do have uh, some uh, things in the works to try to get our secondary processing uh, facility up and going now to be able to provide those kind of products here locally on the island instead of having to ship it out and get it sent back in. So being able to, you know, do all your stuff right here on the island is definitely a, uh, an, an advantage for sure. 
Absolutely. And I mean, if the demand is there, hopefully we'll be able to uh, meet that demand. I know it was a terrible blow there a few years ago when that uh, yogurt factory burned down on the West Coast. uh, And it was just starting to get that, you know, um, following. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Some final thoughts, uh, Chris? Uh, There's your chance. Yeah, me and Nancy were just having a little talk. Uh, Us farmers meet usually every winter and go to... go to meetings and have different presentations and have people come all over the world. And one of the hot topics every year is uh, mental health and uh, farming. Uh, farming has probably the highest uh, highest effective mental health uh, rate in all of any industry. Uh, so with these trying times, just wanted to bring up mental health. And if anyone needs to reach out, to reach out, or talk to someone or call uh, the crisis line or have any um, get a hold of someone for help because uh, we've seen uh, just in our short time the last 10 years I've seen three three farms go under and some mental health uh, issues that couldn't be uh, taken back indeed because it's not just a, a job it's not just a business it is it is a lifestyle it is your your very flesh and blood yeah, that's correct. It's, uh, some of these farms that uh, myself and Nancy are trying not to paint too, too bad of a picture, but some of these farms that are were on the brink last year, um, they've worked a lifetime to be able to build up what they've had, and they're going to w- watch it go under. It's very, uh, very taxing. Nancy, final thoughts? Uh, I guess uh, this is a, a strong message for government. It is for sure. We we uh, like I said, we're all young farmers, and we'd love to continue. We're doing it because we love what we do. We're not doing it because it's a nine to five, Monday to Friday job. It's a twenty four seven job. So it's literally in it's in our blood to you know to be able to provide food for families and do that here on on the island. So in these trying times, we we would love some support to uh, be able to offset the costs of this this frightening uh, circumstances we're going through here now. And let's not forget Darren. We lost Darren, no doubt, because of, you know, phone trouble uh, where he is. But, um, uh, you know, he, he sounds very optimistic. He's getting a, a major industry underway in central Labrador, never seen before in that area. Uh, so there's a lot of optimism. There's a lot of strength that can be drawn from farming. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, I guess um, uh, let's end on a positive note if we can. And Nancy, I know you and I have spoken before. You are about as optimistic and positive a person as I could ever hope to meet. Um, let's let's end on a, on a positive note. I know there are a lot of challenges, and this is a very tough year. But what? Where's the hope? Where's the where's the where's that uh, uh, sunshine? Just doing what we love to do every day. We're thankful that you know we're here on the island. And we're not experiencing what other parts of the world are. And we'll we'll get through this. It's just it's going to be a little hard for a while, but farming is hard. And we get through it every time. So uh, we do it because, like, I always repeat what Dad told me. He said, find a job that you love to do and you'll never work a day in your life. So, I mean, we're laughing because we we do love what we do. It's just it sucks, you know, that it, these kind of, kind of times that have 
come upon us, but we're going to get through it, and we'll still be able to to provide food for everybody. So we're just we're going to hang tight, and hopefully the consumers, everybody will will we'll all get through it together. And draw from those strengths, as uh, Chris mentioned, and uh, uh, know when to seek help if you need it. Absolutely. Uh, Chris Oram and Nancy Lester, I really appreciate your time this afternoon. Thank you both, and thank you to Darren as well, who we lost, unfortunately, but uh, who is uh, doing some exciting work in Labrador. Really appreciate all three of you coming on the show this afternoon. Thank you so much, Linda. Thank you, Linda. Thank you, and we'll be back tomorrow. We're going to talk about personal care homes, uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, Thanks for listening, everyone.